0: Hello, welcome to Braveful, a podcast with and for achieving women. I'm your host, Amy Zeigert. I'm so excited to share with you stories of women who are brave and gutsy. This show is a weekly view into the hearts and minds of what has enabled these fabulous ladies to take a leap and go forward with bold ideas. So join me in an opportunity to listen, learn and lean in Braveful style. Well, thank you very much for being here today. I'm excited. You know, one of the things that I've decided for 2021 is connect. That's going to be my word. And so the fact that a podcast that I did has connected me with you, I think is, is amazing. And we live in the same city, same state. Um, and we have this ability to connect via zoom. And hopefully once COVID is over and, and you get your test done, um, yes, we can actually connect in person. So for me, my word is, is connect. Do you have your word for 2021?
1: I'm totally not stealing your word, but that was my word as well too. Last year for uh, 2020, 2020, it was purpose. And this was, before, you know, obviously before you pick it in January, think about it, December, January. And at the time I picked purpose because I was restarting, relaunching Bayes Communications. I thought my purpose was also to help and lift stories up of other women and other or, and organizations through the work that I was doing. My kids are at a pivotal age where they need you know, they need me there and, you know, with a senior in high school and and a freshman. And so purpose was really my word last year. And it changed a little bit as COVID hit, but it still was very relevant. This year, honestly, Amy, connect was the word I was thinking about because I missed so much last year with connecting with people. And that human interaction is so incredibly valuable. I want to go back to that. And I feel like we have the pandemic and, and it became a crutch a little bit where I thought, well, I, you know, I can't go out or I can't see you in person, but, or I don't want to meet up at a public place and now I'm having zoom fatigue. So can we, you know, but, but connection is so incredibly valuable and yeah, connect is, is a word I was going to use this, this year for 2021, for business perspectives too, to make those connections to connect with women for the Badassery Life podcast, to connect people to talk about
0: joy—it's a—it's a great word for me. Last year, restore was my word, and it's amazing how the pandemic allowed me to restore and almost reprioritize what I wanted in my life. Similar to what you're doing, I mean, the fact that you've relaunched Base Communications, which I think people need to know that you are working with not-for-profits, that you are focusing in that area. Not that that's your only focus, but with your experience, how you are taking your knowledge in communications and spreading it to not-for-profits. So if you could share kind of your vision for that, that would be wonderful.
1: Sure. So uh, my heart and passion is with nonprofits, always has been. I've either been in the agency world or I was with nonprofits. I started my career with The Villages, which is a nonprofit that provides services to abused and neglected children. Where is that? They're based here in Indianapolis, yeah. They're a statewide organization. And it's The Villages? The Villages. Okay. Yeah, The Villages. You know, I was there communications coordinator, you know, right out of college. I'm going to tell all their stories. I'm going to be their PR person. I always knew I wanted to do agency work as well, too, because I like the diversity of clients and the diversity of the skill set and the work that needs to be done day by day. But my heart is really within the nonprofits and really telling their stories. So I worked at the villages for about two or three years and then went to Borshoff. So I had my first agency job was with Borshoff here in town. And then also worked at IUPUI as Director of Community Relations. Then I missed the agency world again. And so I went to Hetrick Communications at the time. And there was a point in time where I thought at that point, we were not doing as much nonprofit work. I mean, you know, I've never had a nonprofit client that comes to me with, I've got a budget of number, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? Totally <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, they're nonprofit for a reason, nonprofit. Right. Um, in fact, when I uh, opened, when I created Bayes Communications the first time around 14 years ago, my husband was like, when you say nonprofit, does that really mean nonprofit? And I said, I mean, again, it's not like they're coming with budgets, but the long winded story they still have communications needs as well too. They're challenged with dollars and resources, but they have incredible stories to tell and they need the resources, the skills to tell them as well too. And I feel like through Bayes Communications, I can offer that with a team of talented individuals as well too. So I partner up with a lot of people because we can go in as a hub of creative talent and people don't have to pay the overhead services you know they don't have to pay for all of all the extras you know we understand all that cost so we're a little bit more affordable solutions and so that's why we kind of target the nonprofit and small businesses
0: so is that what drove you to start our joy project
1: not necessarily the kind of the path of that. So Bayes Communications, like I said, I did that for about 10 years after I had baby number two. Really enjoyed working with nonprofit organizations. I worked with a lot of the arts organizations here in town, a lot of the social service organizations. And then I thought I missed the big agency world. So I went back to an agency here in town and worked there for about four years and then remembered that I really did miss the nonprofits and, and that our joy project in a way came from two different things. One, it comes from the fact that I do believe that there are not enough platforms for nonprofits to tell their stories. So there's not a, not a, not a lot of uh, outlets for them to tell their story. So that's one, if I can, if I can always and forever find a way resource or platform to share a nonprofit story, I'm all about it. The other is just that in 2020, it's such a dark time, you know, and I just thought we can still spark joy, even in the darkest of times. So our joy project came from really trying to find and share joy. And then it's grown a little bit so that the nonprofits that, that I do interview for the podcast, I give them the first couple of minutes to really tell their story. and find ways for people to connect um, with, there's that word again, but to find, give people an opportunity to learn about a nonprofit. And then we
0: get into the joy questions. I love your goal of providing platforms for people to come and be their authentic self, whether it be an organization or a person. I mean, even the fact that you going back and reigniting Bayes Communications, that allows you to bring your authentic self back to the individual. So I think authentic could be another great word for you for this year. I just wrote that down, Amy. I love that. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So, so kind of when I, when we started talking, you and I connected over our podcast, and, you know, that's all the big rage and what everybody's doing. And I think the pandemic has, has taught us that we all have stories to tell and how can we lift people up and I love the fact that you and I are focusing on women. I call them braveful. You call them badass, which is, which is awesome. So give us a glimpse into what badassery life is and some of your guests. Um, I know you shared one with me last week that the one, you know, with the, uh, up, we'll just say way up north and it involves dogs. I don't want to give it away. Um, I'll let you tell that story. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about badassery and how you and I connected. There's that word.
1: Yes, I love it. So our joyful project is the second podcast that I launched and I launched that this this year. But prior to that, I had and still have Badassery Life. I launched that really as a blog at first, like I just missed the creative writing. I wasn't doing a lot of that creative writing and and showcasing. and, And the natural thing for me would be to write about nonprofits. So I challenged myself to think differently about what that blog could be. And hit me like, women are so incredible and so wonderful. And we just don't, we don't highlight ourselves enough. We also don't own our badassery selves. And so at the time, I don't know, Amy, if you know, I did, it's called the trail fest, three half marathons in three days in three national parks out in Utah. And I did it with seven other women. We just i challenged ourselves. It was the hardest, most beautiful thing I've ever done but I was around a group of women who inspired me and it also inspired the badassery life. So I thought at that time, let's tell more stories about ordinary women doing extraordinary things who are badass without thinking that they're badass women who inspire others just by being themselves. So we've talked to business owners. We've talked to survivors, domestic violence, breast cancer, addiction. We've talked to women who have, unique jobs. So the person that you're talking about, I'm excited for this podcast. We've interviewed her, but we'll launch, the episode we will launch later um, this year. But she was from Indianapolis. She lives in Alaska now and she trains dogs for the Iditarod. And she followed her passion to go out and do this. But then we've also interviewed, we interviewed a woman who was wrongly accused of arson and ultimately murder of her son that she didn't She didn't do, she spent 17 years in prison and now she's come out and started a nonprofit to help other women that when they come out of prison, how do they restart their lives? Christine Bunch is her name. And um, her story has been told here in Indianapolis because it was just so, it was just so wrong. But, Jen and she inspired me. Like, so here's a cool thing too about Connections. Shortly after we interviewed her, we interviewed two women that own a bakery out on the West side. And they talked about wanting to host organizations or little groups of women and, you know, whatever. The woman who I talked to, Christine, She said, you know, I'd love for women who are coming out of prison, wrongfully or not, how do they re-establish themselves in the community? And how can we get together? And how can we lose that stigma? So long story short is we've connected her to the women from the bakery. And when COVID, when we're allowed to get together and have (laughs) gatherings, they're going to meet at the bakery. So it's just... There are so many incredible stories, and as a PR person, as a story natural storyteller, I love to find those and I love to tell those. Whether I'm doing that through my personal passion projects with Badassery Life or Our Joy Project, or I'm getting paid for it ultimately through Bayes Communications and working across different platforms to tell those stories through Bayes
0: Communications. You hit it! Incredible. Women have incredible stories to tell. You don't have to be the next vice president of the United States to have a story that needs to be told. It can be you and I, it can be the woman that is sitting at home, you know, trying to you know, care for her children, who's writing her own story, whatever it may or may not be. So, why do you think women, you know, so I just finished reading Abby Wombach's book, Wolfpack you know, and it's all about how do you create your own pack of people? How do you create that own little, you know, not to say sorority, but why do you think women do that? Why do we feel comfortable being together and helping each other out? I mean, that's the one thing that I'm learning through this podcast is that in most cases, women bring humanity to life. Wow. I love that. And so why is this in our DNA? And it's not in all women's DNA. I have worked with women who would rather trample on me than lift me up, but how do you, yeah, I just, that's just a general question. Why do we want to help each other?
1: I think we're very caring and nurturing yeah. by, by trait. And so whether we're nurturing our family or we're nurturing organizations by volunteering. Or we're nurturing each other by being within each other's tribe, whatever you want to call it. But I think by natural trait, we're nurturers. And I think that... I hope that people, women and men, realize the power of being together and supporting each other up. We we are better, we rise together by lifting each other up, right? And I just think that we have to value, hold on to, and again, nurture the relationships that we have. And there was a book, I know you're going to ask me about books, but there was a book and it was like years ago. I think I went to a women's conference here in Indianapolis and the book was called Stiletto Network. And it was all about the um, power of power circles. And at the time women weren't using their resources for business for growth. uh, And we should. So again, we kind of go to the natural nurture side of it. But we need to be fierce in our business circles and in our tribe as well, too. And specifically creatively and strategically come up. And that's what the book talked about was come up with the network of people that will help you professionally and personally. So I think we all kind of go back, going back to those circles that we have and the tribes that we have, they probably saw serve different purposes. There's the running moms that I have that I need to run and bitch about school and kids and life and they understand it. There's the you know, the the business tribe that I know I, I have a mentor and I have another PR person who's going to challenge me from a business perspective and, and a work perspective that I don't necessarily think of. So I think we have different purposes for our different
0: circles. Yeah, I haven't thought about power circles in probably five years, but you're right. The power circles are strong and allow us, I think, to forge in areas where we normally would not go without a little bit of push, a little bit of help.
1: I remember the speaker, the the woman that spoke about for this book, the author, she talked about how men do it so well. Like on the golf course and they're making deals, uh, you know, smoking cigars over at the bar, you know, whatever. And women weren't and maybe still aren't doing it. And that's what I loved about her conversation, about her presentation and about the book. It really was women need to own that and leverage that. And it's a powerful movement of lifting each other up. And maybe that's why I get so jazzed about badassery life and about what you're doing with Braveful. It's lifting these women up, telling their stories and celebrating them.
0: That's the huge part is let's celebrate the stories. That's the big thing for me. And I think when you look at COVID and all the darkness that some cases it has brought, there's still a way to celebrate the stories. Even if even if they're sad, let's celebrate them because it still makes up who we are. And again, I go back to that whole, let's be authentic regardless of what the outcome looks like. I think we have to still maintain that, which is huge.
1: I've told my daughter, you know, this whole high school girl drama, friend drama, whatever that you have. I'm like, baby, unfortunately it can follow you throughout your life. It's how you manage it, how you embrace it, how you deal with it afterwards. So again, the meanest of the mean can become the best of the best,
0: (laughs) you know, you know that's fun. It's kind of funny. At what point I'm thinking back in my head, when did I get over that? Like, when did I finally just say, you know what? The mean girl thing. I don't care anymore. If you want to be mean, have at it. I am X years old and you don't matter to me anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter to me anymore, which is kind of, yeah. You wonder at what point does that light switch finally go on where you just say that shit don't matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, the question sometimes people ask is, what would you tell your 18-year-old self or your 16-year-old self? And mine is always like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It does you matter. And the difference that you make matters and the work that you do. Like I know I own what I do through Bayes Communications and through the podcast that I'm doing. And I hope that I'm an authentic, real Hearing loving person that I I feel like I am, you know that's who you surround yourself with as well too. So yeah, there's still unfortunately mean girls that still exist, but we're over them, Amy. Like we're not, we are not those ladies. Snap, snap, whatever. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna grab our stilettos and have ourselves a badass day.
0: Exactly. I might have to work on my feet running in them. Don't ask me to run in them. That's all I ask. Don't ask me. Yeah. So it's funny. I've been I've been journaling since I was twelve years old. I have a box full of journals, and they always say you should never go back and read them. It's just a place that you should write in them. And you know, as we are talking, I'm thinking, I wonder what mattered to me, you know, you're talking about your eight-year-old self, or I guess I'd have to go back and see what my 12-year-old self was thinking. And part of me thinks, I'm not sure I had a very deep life, <laughs> <as> well, <laughs> but that might be something I just might have to, might have to, you know, put my brave old panties on and go see what the hell was I thinking when I was 12, 13, 14. And they're just notebooks, you know, it wasn't until I got to college and somebody handed me a a nice journal that I finally started writing in a nice journal. They were all just need spiral bound notebooks. But do you keep a journal? Do you do journaling?
1: I don't, and I I know that people talk about that, and I've I've read about that, even the grateful journals and you know things like that. And for all that I love about writing, I just I have not journaled, and I know that there's great value in that. Maybe that's why I enjoy the podcast so much because it's not necessarily the written word, but it's the spoken word. So that's where I'm you know enjoying the podcast because it is storytelling just through a different platform. You know, podcasts
0: can be the new video journaling when you think about it.
1: Right. Well, and I did, and, you know, technology allows us to do it differently too. So for 2021, my new year's resolution or my goal for one of my goals for 2021 was 365 days of joy. I know, I love that. The year of joy. And so I'm using that Facebook page as a way to express and share and experience joy. So, maybe in a way, I'm journaling, it's just for the whole world to see on Facebook.
0: <laughs> Which, again, you have done, you know, we're 11 days in. And what do they say it takes 21 days or 20 days or seven, whatever, however many days to make a habit? Hats off to you for <laughs> continuing to do that. Because the one thing that I'm learning through this whole podcast, social media, et cetera, is that it is a great outlet. But it can be a time-consuming outlet that does bring you a sense of connection, community, et cetera. But you have to believe in it. And I see that in your joy on Facebook. I think it's wonderful. And the same thing with your, you. um, your badassery. So if you needed to have a guest, so let's just throw this out there as you know, we're both growing our following Who would be some of your ultimate guests that you'd like to see on Badassery?
1: It's funny. I will like read news stories or, you know, of course, there's the the vice president, you know, like, you know, the big, big women or the, you know, the first woman to be the general manager of a baseball team. And of course, you know, those, but I try to, I think what we're really wanting to do is also make sure that the women are relatable and they're women like us. So that's the big thing. Like, we're not all going to be the vice president of the United States. We're not all going to, um, you know, be the first coaching for the NFL or, you know, whatever it might be. It'd be amazing. But I think for badassery, we're just really looking for unique stories. And when I say unique stories, like we've had some people who have reached out and said, you know, oh, my boss is an entrepreneur and she started the business and, you know, she's doing incredible things and we want to keep saying like more, more, more. Right, right. You know, what's the uniqueness? What's the difference? What's the... She's
0: she uh, jumping out um, of a plane what's... every day, is she?
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Which exactly.
0: Would not be me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it wouldn't be me either. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to fly with my daughter when she gets her solo pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just that one or two different things about women that we might say, okay, I can see myself in her or I celebrate her. I Maybe that's not me, but maybe that's someone who I want to know or learn more about because what she does inspires me to be better. or or allows me to think differently about the work that I'm doing or the person that I am. So I don't know that I necessarily have a list of names, but in my mind,
0: I have a list. As we wrap things up, because we've been talking, having a great conversation, love it. What are the three most influential books you have read? I think you've already mentioned one.
1: Yeah. I love this question. I'm, I'm not a huge reader. I'm more of a podcast person more recently. Oh, like, sure right yeah. Yep. Um, but I do have, uh, I mean, when I do read, I read for pleasure too. So you can name any John Grisham book and I've probably read mm. it, you know, and I wouldn't consider it an influencing book cause I'm not going to go out and murder, or solve a crime. But I do enjoy that. I did mention this uh, stiletto network. And so I pulled that up so I could remind you or to share with your listeners, the author. And that is Pamela Reichman. And it was R-Y-C-K-M-A-N, stiletto network. And again, that that one was really about that network of the power of network and women and the power circle. And then I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. So anything that she writes or Podcasts about Daring Greatly uh, was, uh, you know, such a great book. Really talked about that vulnerability and and the way we really kind of lead. And so I think Brene Brown is one that I kind of look to in that that leadership
0: vulnerability, having courage, that sort of things. Yep, one of my favorite lines from Brene Brown is "Paint it done," where you know you say "Paint it done," so that means everything that you have said. Everything that you have communicated to your team, when you say "paint it done," it means everybody knows what you need. Everybody knows where they need to be for success, et cetera. So I kept thinking to myself, why didn't I have that when I was young, when my kids were young, so that I could say "paint it done." Got it? Paint it done. Clean it. You know, whatever the to do list. So when you look at the once you finish twenty twenty one. What do you hope you'll be able to say paint it done with?
1: I hope that two things. One, I hope that I've told some really great stories through Badass Life podcast and been able to share joy with others through our joy project. Uh, But I also hope through professionally I hope that I can grow Bayes Communications and partner with the right people, connect with the right organizations to tell powerful stories of the incredible work that small businesses and nonprofits are doing. So, you know, relaunching Bayes Communications in the pandemic was not necessarily ideal. But as you like to say, I pulled my... Braveful full panties up and kept on going. I pivoted and found myself doing virtual events with an event planner. And I found myself doing more writing and ghost writing than I had before the first time around. The media is working a little differently. And so it's thinking creatively how to package up stories for media and being a more strategic media
0: relations professional. So what's ghostwriting like? That's like another whole interesting topic. So does that mean you're writing for someone else and they're penning it? So a lot of times, you know, PR people might be behind the ones behind
1: an op-ed, an opinion piece or blogs or, you know, thought buzzword right now in the industry is thought leadership. And so how can we work with our clients to whether it's on LinkedIn or it's on their own networks where we're writing their pieces. I mean, it's challenging because you're getting to know that person and their personality. And so I'll write for people about the topic and do the research and then turn it over to them and they might change it a little bit. It takes a while to get to know that that person's style but once you write for them i mean you're writing for content and then you're writing for personality and then you're writing to be
0: persuasive
1: yeah so you're it's hard sometimes cuz you're like i wrote that
0: but it is <laughs> right i mean how do you put the ego aside and just say that's my baby so sorry how can i yeah wow that takes a really unique person to write.
1: You just have that like inner celebration and that inner pride, or you have your, your network of girls and you're like, Hey, let's get together and celebrate. I just, you know, I just (laughs) got this article published or written and, and, um, but somebody else
0: is taking the credit for it.
1: Oh sure, but a good PR person celebrates that as well too. So you know that's that. It's like you 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 do that because your client. That's what you are doing. You're hired to do for your right. Client. That's what you're hired exactly. to do. Exactly. So yeah.
0: So I can tell by the smile on your face that you like ghostwriting.
1: I like writing and I like storytelling. Whatever, whether that's written by Kelly Young or written by somebody else and knowing that I had something to do with that,
0: that gives me great joy. That's a great way to end our discussion. The fact that you get joy in doing what you do and you're doing it on a multifaceted level. I I think um, it, it would be joyful for them to get to know you and your badassery life. So oh, thanks. Well, I am so thrilled that you
1: so, connected great. and that I love what you're doing to recognize achieving women and the work that that women are doing and in different facets of our lives and professional lives and personal lives.
0: I think, you know, the one thing about connection and technology is that the world gets so much smaller. It's not so vast, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to travel to the other side of the world for business and the connections that you make just by understanding other people and meeting them where they're at. It's like today I got to meet you right where you are. And that is you are kicking off blaze, you know, base communications. You are kicking off badassery life. You are kicking off your 365 days of joy. I mean, so you are in this, this zone where, you know, you are giving a little bit of yourself at, at wherever you are in each kind of pocket of your life, which is really cool. Way uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah three, three really intense things. And you still have a family, you got a daughter out in there, you know, that's out in Arizona, getting ready to go to college, you know, the list goes on. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, never ending. And you're doing more than checking the box. That was a conversation I had where one of the areas of business that has really failed is that we're in the check the box mode. You're doing more than check the box. So I take my hat off to you for being more than a check-the-box person. You're making it happen, which is great.
1: You are too, girl. I'm so glad to know you. Yeah. We're going to reconnect on our podcast. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, it's interesting. I uh, There was a time in my life when we talked about like, when did we not care? When was it okay to... I was also thinking there have always been those, there have been those times where I'm intimidated by somebody or you know, now to somebody. And I remember a girlfriend saying like, you know, she puts her pants on the same way you put your pants on or she puts us on the same way or whatever. And so I just am so thankful that you accepted my outreach. When I blindly reached out like, Amy, I think you're awesome. Can we be friends? Call me.
0: <laughs> but, you know, think about, you know, if, if young girls in high school weren't intimidated by, you know, whatever popular is or and just had them say, hey, why don't we just connect? You know, let's do something really unique together. You know, so my other goal for this year is how can we get younger people To participate as well, you know, there because young kids are doing great things too. I'm, I just, I gotta figure out a way to connect with them. That's I love that. If I can help you, let me know. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very, very much.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I'm glad to know you, and look forward to uh, more of your achieving women and and connecting and and learning. It'll be great.
0: Thank you for joining me today. I don't know about you, but I sure am grateful for the opportunity to listen and learn from such great women. So if you enjoyed yourself as much as I did, please feel free to share Braveful podcast with your friends and colleagues, as well as please subscribe to Braveful on your favorite podcast apps. Have the best day ever. And until next time, be braveful.